you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. And I'm going to just read a portion of verse number 8 to springboard into this passage. And although I choose not to read for time's sake this morning, I'm going to be referring or referencing Daniel the third chapter for a space of time in this message this morning, Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse number 8. It's short, and I want you to read it out loud with me. They're going to have it on the screen. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse number 8. We're just going to read the first stanza or first phrases of this passage of Ecclesiastes 7 and 8. Are you ready? Say amen if you're ready. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. That's all I need to read. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. By the help of the Lord today, I want to speak to you and talk to you for a little while on the subject, the end of a matter the end of the matter. How many of you believe that God has intention for your life to make things better at the end than it has been in the beginning? Do you believe your best days are still ahead of you in Jesus' name? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you receive that this morning. Amen. The end of a matter is the most important because it is always the end that matters more, not necessarily how we begin. Over the years in ministry, I've seen a lot of people who begin well, but end very poorly. On the contrary, there are few others who had very simple and humble beginnings who end well. Martin Luther said, the ultimate measure of man is not found during times of comfort and convenience, but where he stands in times of challenge and controversy. A few days ago, my wife received a disturbing text message from my district superintendent's wife, Sister Joanne Mitchell. 
And Sister Mitchell gave my wife the information regarding a newer diagnosis of cancer and surgery that followed and the outcome and the impending treatment for five months that she's going to be going through. And we could sense and tell that there were, was a sense of fear, worry, concern. Those things are natural and normal. And when the report came through, my wife was actually driving and I had her phone and I was reading and she said, I don't even know what to say. And 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verses 8 and 9 came to me immediately. And I felt it was the Lord impressing that upon me and I quoted that text to her, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Today, as I begin this message in talking to you, I hope that somehow I can encourage every person in this room today that has any sort of struggle, question, trouble, trial, test. I'm guessing that's most of us. Anyone in this room who is facing anything that causes you to doubt or worry or fear about the outcome, I want to speak a word of faith to you this morning and tell you that something good can come out of your struggle. Because the end of a thing is better than the beginning. While now we only see the problem, but when we come out the other side, we will look back and realize that all that time God was working everything for our good. Daniel chapter 3 tells us a story about a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar and three Hebrew men named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king threw them in the fiery furnace for not bowing to his demand for idol worship. They could have made it easy on themselves, but they chose to stand for truth and righteousness. This week perhaps maybe has been one of those weeks for some of us. This week for this church, we have dealt with two funerals. There are several that are dealing with sickness. Some in hospitals even this morning. Surgeries, emotional conditions relational problems. There seems to be so many things that abound around us. It all leads to stress and fear and worry about what the future may look like in some of these situations. I know that some this morning may be going through the fire of your life. And it's the kind that hurts and causes you to wonder and despair. 
And I know it may sound strange to you for a moment, but as I begin this message today and lay the groundwork, I want to say this to you today. Some of us ought to be praising God and thanking God because we made it to the fire. There are other people that never make it to the fire. There are other people that die at the door of the furnace. But the three Hebrew boys made it into the fire. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? Most mighty men in King Nebuchadnezzar's army that played a role in throwing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace died at the door because the heat was so strong. The heat killed the, the, the soldiers that were throwing them into the fiery furnace. I want you to think about that with me. Yet Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fire while there were some that died at the door of the fire. Maybe it's a miracle that you have even made it this far. By all rights, maybe you shouldn't even be here. And you shouldn't have lived this long. And you shouldn't have made it this far. I was talking to Brother Merville Amsbury at the memorial service dinner yesterday afternoon for Dwayne Price. Some of you elders here will remember Brother Merville Amsbury. And I was talking with him and he was telling me about his son. And he was, Nathan of course, has been battling with cancer for several years. They found a brain tumor. He went into the doctor's office a few weeks ago and the nurse that was working with him, he asked the nurse, what's the average lifespan of somebody that has the kind of tumor that I have? And she said, about six months. She starts flipping through her papers. She gets concerned. She gets erratically flipping through papers. She stands up and looks at Nathan and she says, I need to go out. I got to go talk to some people. They've confused your records with someone else. Said in his sense of humor, he made jokes about it and looked at her and said, what do you mean? that they've confused my paperwork. She said, this paperwork said they diagnosed you 18 years ago. And this kind of cancer kills most people in about six months. He smiled and said, and I'm going on 19 years. There's some this morning that may understand what I'm preaching about. And you may understand that there's some things that you go through in life. And it was supposed to take you out. It was supposed to end you. It was supposed to cause your family to end in divorce. It's supposed to cause you to lose your mind. It's a miracle that you made it this far. But all rights, you shouldn't even be here. Nobody can understand the why. Somebody else is over here wondering why you are the way you are, you need to just look at them and tell them at least I'm still standing. And at least I'm still here. And it's only by the grace of God. 
They were singing a few moments about his mercy. Do you understand what the mercy and grace of God has done in our lives? When the guards died at the door of the fiery furnace and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego made it into the fiery furnace, and if that was as far as the message and the story in the Bible ever went, we would rejoice because the end was better than the beginning. Although they could have died in the fire, at least they lived to get in the fire, and we could preach about it and shout about it and rejoice about it, that the God that saved them while the others died, at least they were able to make it in the fire. I come this morning to tell you that while you, you may feel the heat of the fire, while your body may feel the pains of sickness, while your relationship may be in the turmoil of struggle, I come to remind you today that it is God that allowed you to get to where you are. It's God that gave you the grace and mercy to make it this far. Somebody ought to be rejoicing in the Lord this morning because he saw you through. He's kept you by his grace. He's given you the strength to get to where you are. I'm talking to somebody right now that it's a miracle that you're here. God has been merciful to you. There's somebody here today that you know that it's a miracle that maybe you're not in a mental institution somewhere because you should have lost your mind. Other people have gone through a lot less, but you, you come through because God showed you favor. What are you trying to tell me, Pastor? I'm trying to tell you that you ought to be thankful that you made it to the fire because others died at the door of the fire. They died where your miracle begins. You're in the fire this morning, but the only way we can have a story of three Hebrew boys coming out the other side without the smell of smoke in their garment was because they stood through the fire. There's somebody this morning that feels the pain and the heat of the fire, but I want to encourage you today with the word of the Lord and tell you there's a miracle waiting when you come out the other side. Oh, let's give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. I feel the help of the Holy Ghost today. Nobody expected you to make it this far, but you're here. Nobody expected you to be alive this long, but you're here. Your enemies are scratching their head, and heaven's rejoicing. You're in your right mind, mostly. You're serving God. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. You've got God on your side. And then some want to complain because we're going through the fire. What we ought to be doing is praising God that we've made it this far because we know the end of a thing is better than the beginning. Somebody ought to thank God today. Somebody ought to thank God today. He had his hand on me. He showed grace and mercy to me. I stand in this pulpit this morning to declare to you, I ought to not be in this pulpit. I ought to not be preaching. I ought to not be the one standing here. I could have died in a physical attack three years ago. I could have lost my life in multiple accidents throughout my life. But I stand here today by the mercy and grace of God. Some of you should, Dylan, you ought to not even have made it out of the, out of the emergency, out of the, out of the hospital when you were born, but you're here today by the mercy of God, 
by the grace of God. Danny and Cheryl, you ought to not even have that, that young man that is in that classroom this morning because the doctors told you there were going to be all kind of problems. But the mercy and grace of God, here you are today. Come on, somebody has a testimony this morning. God saw me through. He showed grace and mercy to me. Mark, you ought to drown in Michigan. And then you should have died from the disease that hit your body by the grace and mercy of God that he showed to you. Sister Riddick, the cancer should have ended it all. But you're here this morning sitting by your husband giving God glory and giving God praise. I don't have everybody's story this morning. But some of you need to take a little time today to say thank you, God, because the end of this thing is going to be greater than the beginning. Oh, His grace and mercy has kept you. He's brought you to where you are today. Oh, let's just stop right where we are. Why don't you just lift your hands and why don't you just thank the Lord today? Oh, thank you for the story that's unraveled of grace-filled life and a merciful God that has shown his favor to me. I thank you, Lord. I don't know about you, but I wasn't the strongest one, the smartest one, the most popular one. I wasn't the one voted the most likely to succeed, the one most expected to make it, but I've made it through. There's no other explanation. But God, God saw me through. God saw me through. And if he saw you this far, he will see you through to the end. Because the end of a thing is better than the beginning. God began to stir my heart last night. And I felt to come today and remind somebody that he was with you before you ever got in the fire. He was with you while you were walking into the fire. And he's with you in the fire. And he will be with you when you come out of the fire. And the only thing is going to be the witness of those that watch you Go through your fire because there's not even going to be the smell of smoke on your garment. They're going to get around you and say it should have changed you. It should have affected you. It should have caused you to live bitter. It should have caused you to feel with worry, to live with worry and fear and anxiety. But instead, you've come out the other side and you said, I went through it and I've come out of it. And I don't even have the odor like I've even been through it. That's what God wants to do in somebody's life today. I don't know. I feel the move of the Holy Ghost today. I don't even know who I'm speaking to, who I'm preaching to today. But if God moves on your heart this morning, I want you to do what God says do while I'm preaching today because I'll stop this message for somebody to find victory. I'll stop this message for somebody to pray through to the Holy Ghost. I'll stop this message for somebody to receive their healing. I'll stop where I am. You do what God tells you to do while I preach today. 
because I sense faith in the house and I sense the ministering spirit of the Lord in the room today. I feel his strength in me today and I feel he's strengthening you today. It's going to end better than it began. You're in the middle of it. It's proof that you're going to come out of it because he doesn't take you into something and leave you. But the scripture said he brought Israel out of Egypt so he could lead them into the promised land. He doesn't bring you out and get you in the wilderness and forsake you. When you get in the wilderness, just know this, he's there. He's with you. You're in the middle of it. I'm going to come out of it because God's with me. Your miracle starts at the door of your dilemma. It seems like, oh God, why didn't you save me from it? That's usually our prayer. God, would you save me from it? I, I, and then when God allows us into it, we feel like, well, my prayer wasn't answered. And the issue is, is that God sees things that we don't see. God had to allow us to get into it because of the report of victory that is going to happen when we come out the other side of it. If he didn't have a plan for you in the fire, he would have never allowed you to make it past the door. But he has a plan for you in the fire. And anybody, see, sometimes we don't see it. And here's the thing. The Bible never said that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ever saw the fourth man walking in the fire. It was the king that made the decree and announced them to be thrown into the fire. That when he looked into the fire that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into, he saw one like unto the Son of God. He saw the fourth man walking in the fire. They didn't see it. I, I, I'm going to try to draw something from this this morning. You're in the fire and you say, I feel like I'm alone. You do. But let me tell you, everybody on the outside that looks into your dilemma says, man, I see it. God's with them. God's walking with them. I see one likened to the Son of God that's walking with them. He's walking with you through your sickness. He's walking with you through your pain. He's walking with you through your worry. He's walking with you through your frustration. You don't see it because you're in the fire, but the king sees it. Everybody looking in sees it. God's with you in the fire. It will end better than it started. It was a miracle that we've made it this far. And God wouldn't have brought us into it if he wasn't going to stay with us while we go through it and have a plan to bring us out of it. The scripture said that there's no temptation that has ever come upon us that has caught God unaware. Hmm. I want to let that sink in just a little bit. The temptation to quit in the middle of struggle, that, that doesn't, 
None of that catches him off guard. None of that makes God scratch his head and wonder. I want you to understand this morning that God knew about your dilemma. He knew about your struggle. I'm talking to some people right now that are going through the fire. The report comes in. Wednesday night while we were in church, Sister Nancy Emery gets a call that her sister, according to the doctors, only has a very short time to live. It's the fire of worry, concern, and struggle. The doctor's report comes back. It's less than what we wanted. My wife had a doctor's appointment this week. The doctor came back. It wasn't a report that we were wanting to receive. It causes fear and worry and doubt. The situation on your job is out of your control. You're in the fire. I know you're feeling the heat. Humanity is prone to fear and worry and doubt. I didn't come this morning to tell anybody that the fire isn't real and that the heat isn't real or that the pain isn't real and that the sickness isn't real and that the report isn't real. I didn't come this morning to preach a message of denial, but I did come this morning to preach a message of faith. Some of you are going through great fires in your life. Some of you may be in the greatest fire of your life. For some, it's a financial fire. For some, it's a fire of sickness and health. For some, it may be going through the fire of relational issues and marriage problems. Still, somebody else is going through the fire in your home or your family. But I came to tell you that it's going to end better than it started. You telling me, Pastor, I'm going to be healed? I'm going to tell you whether he heals you in the here and now or whether he heals you in the hereafter. The end of the story is going to be better. God has a plan for you. Are you telling me I'm not going to struggle? Are you telling me a check's going to come in the mail? I'm not coming in here today to preach any kind of false faith to you. It may happen, and I pray and hope it does. But I did come this morning to tell you that this book tells me the end is going to be better. The end is going to be better than the beginning. The end is going to be better than the beginning. He's working everything for your good. I know right now it sounds like insanity because there's no visible or tangible physical evidence of anything good in this fire. I want to remind you that the devil is a manipulator of the human mind. He will tell us things that aren't real. I've experienced it. You've experienced it. It is a common trick of the devil. He will cause you to think things that are not the way they really are. Satan will cause you to believe that the world is against you. But I come this morning to remind you that God is for you. And the writer said, and if God be for us, who can be against us? 
Oh, I feel a strong urge of the Spirit this morning. Somebody needs to grab a hold of this and declare God is for me. And if he's for me, it doesn't matter if the world's against me. It doesn't matter if the job's against me. It doesn't matter if, if everything's against me. It doesn't matter. If it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because God is for me. And when he's for me, he's all I need. Oh, lift your hands and give God praise this morning. God's for you today. The church is for you today. Can I preach to somebody and tell you the church is not against you. Your pastor's not against you. This church loves you. Oh, I'm full of failure. I'm full of fault. I've made mistakes. This church loves you. God loves you. Your pastor stands in this pulpit and declare, I love you. These people are not against you. They're for you. Can I come today and encourage somebody and tell you, but it doesn't matter if somebody turns against you. God is still for you and if he's for you who can be against you the end will be better than the beginning you're going to make it you're not going to burn up in the fire it's not going to consume you you're going to come out of it the issue of whether the fire consumes, I want you to say that word with me, consumes. This fire was never intended to consume you, so don't allow it to. I'm ministering to somebody today. Don't let it consume your thoughts. Don't let the fire consume your emotions. Don't let the fire consume your every moment. Oh, the devil would like to do that because he's the author of confusion. The devil wants to consume your mind with negativity. He wants to consume your mind with ill will and ill thoughts. He wants to consume your mind with it. This fire wasn't intended to consume you. This fire was meant to make you. When gold is put in the fire, it's not intended to consume you gold, but it's intended to cause the impurities that are in the gold to come out. It doesn't consume gold. It refines gold. The precious things are refined, not consumed, but refined. Come on, CLC. There's some people in the fire today. God is refining you. He is making you. God is working something good into you. He's working some things out of you and working some things into you. He is working everything for your good. I'm determined this morning that, that somebody ought to look the devil in the face today and tell him you're a liar. I'm going to come out better than I went in. The fire's going to purify me. The fire's going to refine me. The fire is going to make me. Come on, somebody receive the word that I'm preaching to you today. This fire's not meant to hurt you. It's not meant to destroy you. It's meant to refine you. It's meant to make you better. It's meant to make you more usable in the kingdom of God. Come on, say it with me this morning. The end will be better than the beginning. In Daniel chapter 3, the king chose his three most mighty men, his best, strongest, toughest, most well-trained soldiers in his army. 
Somebody says, Pastor, I don't understand. It just feels like I'm fighting a battle on a different level. It feels like the enemy is stronger than ever before and even smarter than before. Well, that ought to tell you something because the devil's throwing his best at you because he knows that there's something in you that if he doesn't try his best to destroy you, that you can make it through. And even the devil wouldn't, wouldn't bring his best if you weren't a threat to him. The fact that he is bringing out his best tells me that you must be a threat to him and to his kingdom. And it also tells me that you must be getting closer to your destiny that God has for your future. Oh, I feel the help of the Holy Ghost this morning. You're walking in your purpose in the fire. God intended the fire. You're getting ready to step into a greater anointing than you've ever had in your life. When you come out of the fire, you're going to be more anointed than you were when you went in. Kirk Franklin wrote a song several years ago and said it right. He said, devil, if you had only knew what I was going to be after the storm, you wouldn't have even bothered me. I come to remind somebody today, when you come out of this storm, the devil is not going to, he's going to understand he's no match for you and the God that you serve. Because the God that you serve is in control of him. Satan's not in control of the universe. God is in control of the universe. Satan may be able to inflict some things on you, but he can only do to you what God allows. And he allows it because he's purified you to make you better in the end. Everything that you're going through, God has a plan and a purpose. Satan's trying to intimidate you. He throws things at you trying to intimidate you. People say, well, I don't know. Had somebody yesterday say to me, well, I don't know. I don't know what's happening to the church today. I don't know what's going on in the church today. The church has changed so much. Started talking about all the changes that's happening in and around the church. I looked at them with a smile on my face and I said, You know, I'm not seeing that. Kind of looked at me. I said, I'm not seeing that at CLC because we're still serving the same God, still preaching the same message still believing in the same Jehovah that saw Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego through. We're still seeing miracle signs and wonders. We're still living holy and separated from the world. We're still a called out peculiar people. We're still the people of the name of Jesus. We still baptize clearly in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We still believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking with other tongues. We're still purely apostolic. We still believe in miracle signs and wonders. I'm not going to tone it down because we have a guest in the house today, but I come today to tell you he's still a miracle worker. He can work a miracle in your life today. Day. He can fill you with the Holy Ghost today. He can touch you today. I still have a dance in my step. I still have a hallelujah. I still got a praise on my lips. I'm still the same apostolic Jesus name preacher that I was when he called me 30 years ago. Oh, somebody ought to praise him today. 
before the Hebrews were thrown into the fiery furnace. The king ordered them to be bound. Obviously with fire they must have been bound with steel chains fetters the king ordered them bound before they were ever thrown into the fire watch this now the first thing that the devil will try to do to you before you ever get into the fire is he will try to bind you he will try to bind your worship He'll try to bind your joy. He'll try to bind your peace. Tries to tie you up to where you don't live in joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. You come to church and you feel bound and you feel tight and you feel like, come on, somebody needs to feel some liberty today and declare. Because when the Hebrew boys come out of the fire, fiery furnace, they went inbound, but they came out free because something in the fire caused, I'm telling you, it melted. It had to have been, that the, the scripture doesn't go into detail, but it had to have melted. The metal that was holding them bound had to be broken in the fire. If you'll begin to praise God in the fire, if you'll be a worshiper in the fire, if you'll be a praiser in the fire, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen the fetters and stocks and all the things that hold you bound will come off of you if you'll just start saying hallelujah when you don't feel like it. If you'll start praising when things are going bad. If you'll come in and say I'm weary, I'm tired and I'm worn but I'm going to leap for joy. I'm going to clap my hands because he's been good. I'm telling you everything that binds you will come off. Satan doesn't want you living in the liberty wherewith God hath made you free. For when the Son hath made you free, you are free indeed. So he comes with lies and telling you all sorts of things to try to tie you and bind you. He sends things your way to try to affect you and push you down, to back us up, to quiet us, to put a lid on us, to dampen our praise, to get us tangled up in fear and worry. The enemy wants to bind us because he knows that there is power in our freedom. There's power in our praise. There's power in our prayer. There's prayer, power in our testimony. When the king cast them into the fiery furnace, it wasn't just a fiery furnace. But he ordered them to make the fire in the fiery furnace seven times greater, hotter, or more intense, or more painful than it had ever been. Now, we could talk about the importance of the number seven here, and I'm sure there's some significance to it, because seven speaks of God's perfection and God's rest. On the seventh day, he rested. <laughs> and I'm not sure... And I'd have to spend a little more time, and I'm not going to take it this morning, but in the middle of your fire, the enemy heats it up seven times hotter 
to try to destroy you. God says, I'm going to put some significance on the number seven. They could have said six times hotter, and it would have been that of man. And we would have tried to figure out how in the world, because man's will won't do it. But when you get in the fire, if you'll rest your confidence and your peace in God, you may not find peace in the world, but you can find peace in God. You can find rest in God. I know I'm talking to somebody right now who's fighting something you've never fought before. The attack is more severe. The enemy is more aggressive. The pain is deeper. The night is darker. The weight is heavier. The hurt is, seems to be lasting longer. But I want to remind you this morning that the end is going to be better than the beginning. You went into it. God's allowed it. He's walked you through it. But I want to tell you, I believe you're standing on the edge of, 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 of coming out the other side. As a matter of fact, I believe the king, not Nebuchadnezzar, not the evil king, but I believe the king of kings is standing looking in this morning and he's looking right into this building today he's looking into this building today and he sees somebody and he's saying I see them turn off the furnace turn off the furnace it's time for them to come out the other side I believe your victory your victory is near your victory is close your end is going to be better than the way it started end is better. When they came out, the king was amazed, the scripture says. He was amazed. Say that word with me, amazed. Hmm. I want you to look at your neighbor and just tell them, I'm amazing. Would you do that? Tell them, come on, smile. Some of you love doing that. Tell, tell your neighbor, I'm amazing. Uh, you, you need to just tell them, I'm amazing. Because I'm going to tell you who you're amazing. You're amazing your enemy. You're amazing the devil who thought he had me. I'm amazing the enemies who have looked on with pleasure while I'm going through what I'm going through. I'm amazing the one that said I would never make it. I'm amazing the one who spoke against me. I'm amazing the one who tried to prophesy that I was never going to rise above it. I'm amazing the people who spoke negativity into my life. I'm amazing them because they look at me and said there's no way that he ought to be standing in a pulpit. There's no way he ought to be pastoring a congregation. There's no way he's not smart enough, bright enough, wise enough, good looking enough. He's got, he, oh, I'm amazing them today. I'm amazing. Come on, you're amazing the enemy today. He thought he had you down, but you're amazing the enemy today. Come on, somebody ought to shout, I'm amazing. Not in the flesh, but I'm amazing the enemy that wants to destroy you. It's amazing that you're still here. It's amazing that you're going to have your joy back. It's amazing that in the middle of the storm that there is peace in the midst of the storm. It's amazing that you can praise him in the middle of the midnight hour. The devil thought his problem was going to catch you, but it's amazing because you're coming out stronger. It's amazing because you're coming out wiser. It's amazing because you're coming out more faithful than you've ever been. The end of a matter will be better than the beginning. Because while I've been in this, God's been on my side. And the things that I cannot do for myself, Brother Jerry, God's doing it for me. When I can't find my way, he's leading my path. Because God is concerned about the end of a matter. 
And I can give some good news today. God is here. He's ready to speak peace in the midst of your storm today. Let me give you some good news. The same fire that was intended to destroy the Hebrews burned up the ones that threw him in. The sea was supposed to kill, kill Israel, swallowed up the Egyptian. I feel like God would want me to tell you this morning, don't worry over what is happening to you. Just pay attention to how it's going to end. The devil meant it for evil, but God is turning it for your good. God's turning it around for you. What you've been going through is not God's punishment. It's God's preparation. He's refining you. I'm talking to somebody today who feels like you've been walking in the quicksands of life. Nothing seems to work out. You take one step forward and two steps back. But the end will be better than the way it started. Isaiah chapter 43, verse number 2 says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, they shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. I'm trying to close, but this story is not over. Because when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego comes out of the fiery furnace, the scripture said that the king, the one that ordered them in, the king, immediately elevated them. <laughs> you should just look at your neighbor and tell them, elevation's coming your way. Come on. Elevation is coming your way. When you come out the other side, the king looked at the Hebrew boys and he immediately elevated them and he sent out a decree to all the people and declared unto them, here's what he said. The king said, if their God brought them through the way he brought them through, and I'm a witness and I saw it, then I'm sending out a decree that anybody who even opens their mouth to speak against their God, they're going to be destroyed and cut into pieces. <laughs> a king that tried to destroy the people of God in turn comes back around and becomes a believer and elevates them. When you come out the other side, get ready. There's no telling what God is going to do. The kind of favor that God is, has upon your life is going to... It's going to blow the minds of people. God's going to give you favor. He's going to, he's going to help you. Somebody said, I, I, some, some, somebody said, well, Pastor, I, 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 I don't identify with all of it, but, but I, you know, I want this favor you're preaching about. I'm going to tell you, there's a shortcut to all of it, and the shortcut is in the fire. You can try to make it without going through some things, but you're never going to get there. You've got to go through some things. And when you get in the fire, just know you're going to come out elevated. You're going to come out without the smell of smoke. You're going to come out with the favor of the king. Stand with me all over the room this morning. I wish I could have definitive measure this morning. Maybe I've just preached to me. Maybe I was 
had the understanding today to know exactly who I preach to in this room today, but I feel like the word of the Lord did not go out void, that there's some folks in this room today that you're the one that's in the fire, and God sent me here today to speak this word to you. You ought to just step from where you are today and walk to the front of this room and declare to the Lord, I'm not going to complain about the fire because I'm trusting, Lord, that you're going to bring me out the other side. Go ahead and respond right now. If it's you, if it's you, you ought to respond. You ought to let God know, I recognize it, Lord. Come on, that's it. If you're here today and you need anything from the Lord, you ought to join these walking forwards. If you need healing in your body, you ought to walk right here to the front. We'll pray for you. You need deliverance. You need the Holy Ghost. Walk right here to the front. We'll anoint you with oil. We'll lay hands on you. We'll pray for you. God's for you, not against you. 